0: So are you good with just yeah, I'm going for Okay, Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: open book, man. I can talk about anything. Okay,
0: cool. Because I'm also, like, the best I can, I want to avoid doing, like, introductions with the person. Good. And, like, I'll do yeah, that shit As later. long as I don't have to explain what the Highland Games are. Nope. Is. Nope. We we don't have to talk about Highland Games, Strongman. I don't mind like, talking
1: about those things, but it's like, you know, people typically come in to do a podcast. Podcast an hour, hour of ten minutes, and then part of it, like, you, you got me. And you wanted me, and now you want to spend twenty minutes of that explaining what the fucking
0: Highland Games are. Well, and like you can Google it. My thought with it is always: so anybody you're attracting with the guest on, yeah, people already know that person. Like they're going there for that, right? And then if it's your podcast, any guest you're bringing on, if your audience likes them enough, they'll go find them. Go. I know. So, I know.
1: Like, but like, hey, look, people don't. There's no rules to this everyone's everyone's trying to figure out how to fucking run a radio show and you know a lot of it's based on what we've seen tv and programs do for a long time and there is
0: that welcome to the radio and we
1: we have to do this introduction and
0: yeah just the the bits and so like one thing i i did want to talk to you about is like something i look to you that you've been able to do in the fitness space and even expand outside of that is like we were talking about earlier like showing up is a huge thing and just making those interpersonal connections and like like being available for that with no expectations of, hey, can I get this from you, get that? It's more so like, hey, I just wanna hang out. Like if that's I can it. be in the corner and you just do your thing, I'm good with that. Yeah, that that's been it for a long time.
1: Like that's really where it all started was me being able to get on the road and travel and do that. And that was you know, I was traveling for a regular job and competing in the Highland games every weekend and so when i traveled i would set meetings around gyms i wanted to go train at and so like i spent a lot of time training with Sornex in south carolina I, that's how i met dave and those guys at elite and that's how i became homies with windler and like that's a friendship i've had you know that we see each other a couple times a year and uh like all of that's been cool and like i've never fucking needed anything from those dudes like i just i just wanted to be around and learn one-on-one from them and for the most part i
0: just show up and shut the fuck up and do what people are doing. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's me moving to Topeka. That's been – Phil's been a huge influence on me and just, like, for some of the powerlifting meets that he's had athletes at, just traveling with him and, like, hey, I'm just here, man. Like, I, I just want to – it's the just... only way to get the
1: experience.
0: Yeah. You can't, you can't shortcut it. Exactly. And, like, it's, it's fine – not necessarily like a – like mentor or something like that, but it's finding somebody that's already paved away and looking at, Hey, you've already created this path. Let me follow along it and just see like everything that you've created along this path, how you developed it, how you made it. Let me just see the good shit that you're doing.
1: That That's exactly right. Like, you know, I, I'm lucky enough that I, I've got a bunch of friends who do similar shit to me and a lot of different scales. I mean, while Sorenex is a different business than Hate, it is and isn't. We still sell a thing, and there's still promotion. There's still better ways to show your product. There's still the creative side, and and for me, seeing the way that you know Bert runs Sorenex, or what Aubrey and those guys did with On It, or even you know smaller brands like uh, like Mindy runs Notorious Bastards, or. Any of these other things that I get to see, you know, Robin Dana with Flagner fail, which is a monster. And then the supplement companies I'm friends with, like I get to see little bits and pieces of who does everything well. And the stuff that I see that matters across the board. And it matters to me with those businesses is culture. It's building a culture. Like that's what first form has done. And seeing that and like, there's, there's a part of me that younger me would have been really cynical and felt that whole thing felt bullshitty and lame Mm -hmm. but i'm old enough now that it because i've never felt it right like because i'm not a follow like that that's not who i am i've always just wanted to do my own thing so i have a really tough time understanding someone who buys into a thing that isn't theirs
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um but a lot of people do, and that, and that's rad. Which is why a lot of people have bought into my thing. But I understand now why I couldn't understand it at that age because I don't want to be in someone else's thing. I want my own thing.
0: Yeah, and well, there and there's two sides of it. Like, the more popular you get, you're always going to attract some people that are just buying into a thing. But there's also the other side where like just because you're doing something cool doesn't mean it's automatic competition for me yo it's never it's never competition
1: like the scarcity mindset thing is one of the biggest fucking shortcomings of anything because all you're doing is making your universe smaller and there's too many resources and too many other smart people like yo, there's so much business out there that everyone can do just fine and especially whichever way you want to decide to play the game right like i mean with online training I mean hell if we look at Bonnie's business right like she essentially has three tiers of clients she works out with I mean there's a daily program with Boncho go that's an email that you get with a workout on it every day there's Train Heroic which has you know interaction with her in a 101 and an app and a community that you can operate with and that's a little bit more expensive and then you have 101 clientele that's a premium because you get fucking full access and that gives her a business that's fully scalable because there can be ten thousand people on the daily program, mm-hmm. right? And so you figure out how to multiply your time out that way instead of you know her having clients doesn't take away from you having clients exactly at all. Well, and in fact at that cheap level, those people will run five or six programs.
0: Yeah, which to have is, options, which is completely fine. Like by finding a way to create that filtration system that. If people want to stay in it, there's options. There's those three levels where we can go layers deep and like if you're all about it, here's a way to support that. If you're just a passerby like I don't want I don't want the barrier of entry to be that premium level is all. And like that works for some people and that's completely okay, but if you if you're able to create a larger filter that, you know, they might just circle through a couple times cuz how cyclical fitness is, yeah. you know, people are going to fluctuate for a bit they're focused, for a bit they're not. But if you leave that wider filter to start with, that they have that option to come in at little to no barrier, and then if they if they really enjoy it, they can, you know, go down into the premium levels or the secondary level. Or hey, I'm gonna take. I did this for three months. I'm gonna go do another program. I'm gonna go run right. five three one. But it doesn't mean there's comp or fucking like, find a new sport. Yes.
1: You know, find a new another thing to train for that's not just strength related and then figure out how to apply the knowledge that you got from something that was strength focused to get you better at that another thing like that's where you start getting mastery of strength and conditioning just following a program and then following a different program isn't it right, like I, I think about it like fluency like with a language and if strength and conditioning would be a language I want to be able to to take all the pieces of everything I've learned and mix it in whatever way I want for the current goal. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that like, oh man, if I'm training for big hikes, right? Like I know that I need a big engine. So I'm gonna take a linear progression to building up my engine. And so I'm just gonna accumulatively add time that I can handle working for a day. Long walk, long run, I need a couple of those a week. Also need probably some interval work to do some stuff. Then my strength conditioning training needs to be probably hypertrophy style stuff. I don't need to do heavy strength work. Yeah, max squats not gonna get no, you up it's that it's not hill. gonna help, right? And so I, what I need is lactic acid threshold. And so I can train that way. But that's what mastery looks like, not that I've run 10 different programs and never thought about it. It's about training around an injury because, yo, that's part of the gig. They're coming. It's yeah. th- not the program's fault. Like, if you got hurt, that's you're on the right path. That's how this whole fucking thing works out. Like, that means you give a shit enough to push.
0: Well, and something that's not discussed too much is, like, health and performance... our inverse relationship like
1: like are not the same at all
0: like athletes are highlighted of like this is the epitome of health like sure they, they look great but not true but no like there there's an inverse like you're you're giving away quite a bit of your health but but for the common passerby or gym pop they look at it and like oh this is this is the thing this is what i need to do whenever it's really like no, if you're trying to get healthy, if you're trying to perform, like these are opposite directions. Like I'm, I'm the healthiest
1: I've ever been at this point in my career at 38 with a shitty knee and hip. I'm not the highest performing athlete I've ever yeah. been. When I was a world champion, I was 290. It's was very, very strong, very, fick- very fast, very athletic. But I, I wouldn't say I was healthy. No. <laughs> You know what I mean? I was yeah. I was really good at a very specific thing. Healthy is a bit GPP work.
0: Mm-hmm, that's exactly. being
1: available to say yes to anything that comes across your path. And that's what I'm excited about now. I did sports specific. Like I've done that. I have focused in to the point of that needle and trained for one specific thing for 10 years and accomplished it.
0: Yeah, you got to the highest level possible.
1: And to my benefit or not, I can't do it anymore, which I wouldn't have walked away cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, like, I know all those things about me. It wasn't like I was just going to retire and walk away with still gas in the tank. Just just tip the hat. See you later, boys. I'm not that (laughs) dude. I'm not that dude. I was going to run it until it broke anyway. And, well, here we are. And so I'm not going to be mad that I can't do the thing anymore. I got to do it for fucking ten years. So now I want to see what else is capable
0: well, that that's a huge shift in it. Is is taking that perspective and looking at it that like you could sit and wallow and be like, "Oh, I don't get to do this thing anymore." It's like, okay, what else can I do? Because because here's here's something that sticks out to me with you is like you've created this self-development and exposure for yourself by going and focusing all these different areas and understanding what it takes if if you're trying to perform if you're just casually entering into it but but you understand the structure of all of those i know how to get better at things exactly and and with that that the mastery like you were talking about so i have this analogy called lens of uh perception and uh so a eye froctor, whenever you go to the eye doctor the multiple lens um so like whenever i talk about training. There's context to training and understanding the more lenses you have, the better developed you understand whenever it's appropriate to put things in certain context and whenever to remove them. Better A, better B, that we don't want to just look through this shitty lens and this is the only lens we have, but we only get multiple lenses through exposure. If we only stick through this one magnifying glass, sure it works, but whenever it fucks up or whenever we have to have a different focus, if we haven't allowed for that... Exposure to multiple areas we can't put on those multiple lenses and be able to adjust off of them or be able to redirect or pivot let's say whenever an injury happens right and that's and to me that comes with experience right that's what the exposure is it's different levels of experience different
1: things you're more comfortable with because you've been through it Um, i look at that now as like that's the ticket for the anxiety or fear it's it's competence and experience is what eliminates both of those things like just went on a motorcycle trip and the number of people that like oh it's dangerous it's blah 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 right yeah. that I could, could never meanwhile like you know, I didn't feel in danger at any point of the three days that I was on that bike I was in control also I can ride a motorcycle
0: yeah. and you're not an idiot you, right. Yeah, you know your skill eh. level, and like, I'm, eh. I'm not going to pop a wheelie on this. No, no, for but sure, cool, right? Like, but. like, I could feel
1: myself on one of the days that we were riding, like, kind of giving a shit about, like, wanting to get better at riding a bike. Cool area, lots of turns and stuff like that, so you could work on trying to pick a line and accelerate out of it and catch the turn as fast as you could without not, you know, without fucking it up. Meanwhile, like, I could feel... My, I never pushed a point where like, oh shit, you know, uh, never had any close calls, but I could, I could feel myself wanting to get better at it. Right. I can mm-hmm. feel that thing trying to ratchet up in me that a little faster, a little faster. If we wait a little bit longer, I'm trying to now break down turns like a lunatic, but I'm not riding a motorcycle anymore. I'm trying to get better at turning. Mm-hmm. Right. So the world has gotten very, very specific and I'm not looking at the scenery. So. I fucking chilled back and decided, like, just fucking ride slower. Who cares if I go five miles an hour faster through any of this shit? Like, I don't I don't care. Yeah. And especially with why, why am I here? What was the intention of this trip? And it wasn't to get better at doing turns so that someone on this trip thinks I'm fucking faster on a motorcycle, which I'm not. <laughs> I haven't ridden one in 12 years. I'm not good at riding a motorcycle. Let's not pretend I am. And so enjoy that experience and be be on the bike and be able to slow down that way and really have the bigger picture of there's nothing in my five-year plan that a motorcycle crash would help so let's fucking lower (laughs) that risk and go back to the experience being awesome right and so that that's my ability to focus and not get caught up in the Oh man, but you're you know, as a world champion, don't think I'm not competitive. But the only person I'm competitive with anymore is me. Yeah, as it as it should be though. Right. Like I don't um, need to beat you. I don't care yeah. anymore. Get zero fucks. I like, don't care
0: at all. Like we, we were training earlier. I'm not out there trying to impress you because you I don't, don't do. care. And they like, oh, you do those <laughs> kettlebell swings so well. Well, like I've said that. I've done seminars,
1: and I was doing them for Good Life Fitness for a period of time, and that was a, a great thing. And one of the things I said at the very beginning of the seminar is I wanted everyone to work up to like a heavy set of three. I felt like that was the place that we could see some technique breakdown and actually make some adjustments. And what I wanted for my group that I was teaching was I want you to see me coach 20 people
0: mm-hmm.
1: with 20 different cues. Like, that's what I want you guys to see because that's what you're doing, your jobs as trainers. And so I would always preface it with, like, I can't explain to everyone in the room how little I fucking care about how much you lift. I don't want to sound like a dick, but I give more shit about your effort than I do the weight on the bar, right? Like, yo, know, I know a guy who's deadlifted 1,100 pounds. He's the strongest guy ever. You're not going to lift more. I don't give a shit. You've seen the strongest yeah. person that's ever yeah, lived. I've seen the coolest things done lifting-wise. And so, like, the number on the bar doesn't make my dick hard anymore. I don't fucking care. It's it's the effort. And now, there's a handful of times I give a shit. Like, you know, Steffi pulling 500-plus pounds at 120 pounds body weight. Like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That's gnarly. When it matters
0: in competition. That's it. Not at a That's it. the <laughs> only
1: fucking time. I care. No one can win this 5-hour Matt Vincent
0: seminar. Exactly. Like <laughs> I'll like, never remember. Like she's a perfect example where um, cuz I think you guys posted her fight, a bunch of you at the table watching it, like mm. that's when it matters. Guess what you probably give zero shits about whenever she's on a punching bag. No, like, well it, you know the punching bag is just showing me
1: you know and what her and I have talked about a lot of mindset stuff about it is no stone unturned. Like at least, at least that's something I know I can control. Mm-hmm. You know, for for me, I look back on my lifting career and throwing <laughs> career. Like, is there is there some things that I felt undone that I wanted to accomplish in either of those careers that I didn't get done? Yeah, probably. You know, one of those would I would like to win competing at Pleasanton. I would have liked to throw in at Braemar in Scotland. Um. Maybe break one of the world records. Those would have been cool. I didn't. But I know that I didn't leave anything on the table as far as my focus, my training, my desire to accomplish those goals. And that time's up. I didn't get it done. That is an expectation of a goal, not my intention to be as good as I can. Mm -hmm. My intention to be as good as I can got fulfilled. I found that limit and then my body fought back. To pretend that that the expectation of breaking the world record, winning this or doing that, was going to happen simply because of the hard work isn't the same. It's a fucking made-up bullshit fairy tale. And so I can either be bummed that my career had things I didn't accomplish with the same amount of career, or I can be excited about it because I got to be the best that I could at a thing. I know that I maxed out that potential in the same way I feel about my max effort lifting since I can't ever beat those numbers again now that the machine is compromised, that's the numbers. I know how much this body could ever squat, bench, or deadlift. I have those answers. It'll never be that number again, and that's great. Yeah, so it, why am I spending the next 20 years chasing that fucking ghost when I can go find out some new things I can do?
0: It, yeah, it doesn't keep you up at night, and, and you haven't allowed yourself to stay focused on that that you're like hey we're good
1: but the thing i did it's over exactly i'm not trying to hang out that's done that number is on the fucking wall let's move on
0: well and you know people get so caught up into that like i have so many conversations where the basic like it comes down to a basic core point be an active participant in your life like go forward and like hey just be present do shit <sighs> but you no. Know, there's a
1: lot of fear people operate with man like i mean even little stuff i hear about like you know talking about now pretty open about you know using hrt and working with a hormone company and trying to make sure that's all on point because my thing now is i want to perform as the best version of matt that i can Mm -hmm. so mentally in shape nutrition like i don't want to leave anything open And so taking care of hormones, doing those type of things a different way than I've done them in the past, black market or however else with gear, and I notice a difference, right? And so, like, why wouldn't I do those things if they made me better? Like, why would I skip out on it because someone else feels a way? Yeah, why does it matter to anybody but you? It it doesn't, and I don't need it to. I don't need anyone to be
0: stoked on the things I'm doing. Well, and, like... Again, I don't, I don't get the society thing around it because, like, let's not kid ourselves that any superhero movie, like, it's. I remember when I was younger, there was, it was a uh, Hugh Jackman. He did a like, sp- the trainer was talking about um, him in muscle and fitness, mm-hmm. preparing him for Wolverine role, and so they were talking about, yeah, we had to get him up at two a.m. to feed him protein shakes and all. No dude. Like just be honest. Like Well no but nobody- so so I believe that may be true. I d I, I don't disagree with it, especially
1: if I'm at that level, right? Yo, it's not well I don't have to do the protein shakes at two AM because I'm on gear. Like if I'm Hugh Jackman and that's you've given me a target as I need to look like X for this role to be successful, and that paycheck that comes with me hitting that target and then the resources I have available are someone who cooks all my fucking meals and a place to go train twice a day with someone just saying, do this. So I don't even have to think. Of course I hit that fucking goal. Of course I get up at 2 a.m. Of course I do all those things. I don't think that it's, I don't think they're they're lying to us, right? But I'm also aware that the omission of anabolic steroids. And, and look, I don't fucking know Hugh Jackman. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I would take a guess. That I would say something there has been an assistance. It's a lot less than people want to fucking think it is. I know that much. But it's all the other things he's doing, too. Mm-hmm. It's the gear allows him to stay on point for all the other things with less rest to, to keep hitting those goals. Like,
0: it's still a fucking tremendous amount of work. Yeah, like... Nobody gets to that point without the work. It's more so like my issue is that it's demystifying it, and like it's not this huge thing that like it's only because of this. It's more so like, hey, this is common and it's fine. Like it, it, dude. It it is. We're in the know.
1: Like we're already in the niche of the side that gets it. Mm -hmm. So we're not even just in health and fitness we're in a strength and performance side of health and fitness and so the drugs thing is just part of the part of the the climate
0: yeah
1: um most people don't fucking get it especially your average people think about Hugh Jackman doing a fitness article it isn't directed at us it's directed at my mom so you can't tell her yeah you, you you can't in the same way look at what our fucking government lies to us about because we as a society tell them, yo, we can't be fucking told that much information. We'll shit the bet. And we do. Yeah. And so, of course, you can't share the honest part.
0: Yeah, it's, it sucks. It's it's tough sometimes with, like, where I work with college students because I've seen it so many times of how susceptible they are to, like, that's that's the focus of that's the answer. And by,
1: you know, by 20... Well, the beauty th- of trying is you realize it isn't. By 22, they've wrecked their testosterone. Yes yeah. But 22-year-olds are pretty
0: fucking eh. pretty
1: resilient creatures. That's why they're allowed to do it. And, I mean, <laughs> they will pop out. To, to be fair, back.
0: also, that's not the only thing they're doing to <laughs> to wreck themselves at that age.
1: Right. But at the same time, like, Hugh Jackman explaining things in that article doesn't make that kid not do that. That kid's looking for a shortcut anyway. Or that kid is okay with the risk. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, do. I believe adults are allowed to take whatever risk they want to take. Absolutely. I don't like the fact that we try to legislate. Look, we don't legislate against danger in this country, which is amazing to me that people think. Like, that's why the, the drug thing to me. Like, why are drugs illegal? Yeah, and they're, illegal? they're dangerous. We don't fucking legislate against danger. I can go buy a motorcycle
0: go buy a motorcycle. I can jump out of a fucking airplane.
1: Like, yeah, I can buy booze. You know what I mean? Like, in a vehicle. There's nothing physically stopping me (laughs) from fucking getting hurt, other than I don't want to get hurt. But with the drug thing, it's different. Like, we're legislating against morality. And that makes me nervous. Whereas, what I would much rather is education. Absolutely. I would rather more education on anabolic steroids. More education on what birth control does long term, more education on what psychedelics do, how can they be used as a tool, how can different, drugs aren't bad, they're not good either, they're a fucking chemical that has a reaction in your body that's either positive or negative based on the circumstance, Mm -hmm. if my leg's broken, oxys are fucking great, (laughs) that is a fantastic tool, (laughs) if I have a court date, that same chemical is not ideal,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's the difference between, like, that's where we can look at, like, when something's a vice and when something's a tool. And they, you know, very same thing, but how it's used and how you're reacting or how it's impacting your life, like, that makes the difference. But I completely agree with you that it comes down to education, just more readily available education. Because another thing in our space is we look at a four-year window ideally with college students coming in. and so. So, on my side, focusing on fitness and wellness, I want to teach them how to do these things like know how to program for yourself, know like some exercises that you can take with you. Because whenever you leave our space, I want you like these to be lifelong habits, or at least have that knowledge that you're educated enough. Because another thing that, that I'll experience is athletes, whether it's from high school and now, like now they're trying to come into a gym space or College kind of transitioning out, they never learned. Like, they know how to exercise, no, but I they don't. never learned programs. No, like, it, 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 it took a
1: long time. Um, it wouldn't have, it, for me, it definitely wouldn't have gotten until I was starting to do Strongman and follow other programming like that. Westside for Skinny Bastards was one of the first ones I ran, and then. You know, five, three, one, and a bunch of other things, in which you know ended up developing into what I put together for my program for the Highland Games, which was a mix of strongman and 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 powerlifting, and then also throwing because it's such a different sport with how often we compete. Um, you know, with with that level of like students coming in, right? Like, I would think the big picture would be like, how do I make them fall in love with this? Yes. Because then they'll do it forever. You mm-hmm. know, that's it's more of a
0: why we fish and not how to fish. Exactly, creating like it's it's looking at how to create lifelong habits that we you don't have to get, go through the process of gaining the freshman fifteen. Like looking at like how can I learn these things and appreciate these things now, so I continue on and not whenever I get into my thirties. Now I'm trying to understand how to be introduced to these things, or how my body works. Like well, how, how even, I through even time a simple and space.
1: understanding at an earlier point in my life of calories in versus calories out. That would have been fucking probably useful information at some
0: point that I can't lie to myself about. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> interesting because, like, I go back and forth on it of, like, I know for me, that's my job. Like that's what I can do, and like try to provide that wide global scope of all this information. Like, what are you interested in? Let's start there, just basic understanding. But, but I can't necessarily like whenever it comes to program education, I can't necessarily say that it's on the high school strength and conditioning coach because more often than not, it's their third job. Like, they're no, and they they're were a a, they were an
1: okay high school football player, yeah. most likely. Right? The, the best thing going for most high school strength and conditioning coaches is the fact that you're working with 14- to 18-year-old males. doesn't matter what you do. doesn't fucking matter what anything you do. do you understand, mice. Just a four, from being 14 to 18, I bet my bench doubles with me being alive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you took a 14-year-old and he got weaker when he was 18, I'm far more interested in what you, what you pulled off than the guy who got that kid stronger. Congratulations, he didn't fucking die. He got stronger. What did you do to <laughs> stifle? muscular development in this fucking kid. (laughs) Like, it would be... It's puberty. It's testosterone. Like, everything's fucking running through the system at that point. If you can make those kids eat and sleep, they get better. Yeah. And then you get a couple freaks that actually buy into a program and really train. And it's like, fucking hell. And that's why you see those teams that you get a full team buy-in in in places and they
0: kill people. Like, I know Windler's talked about... He's had... What, they've had 700-yard games rushing? How insane is that? Because he's got him to buy in. I've been up there.
1: I've gone to watch him coach like three different times, and it's fucking cool the stuff he's got those athletes doing, right? It's not complex. It's not overcomplicated, and that's one of the things I've always loved about Jim is it is no bullshit. Like He's got high school athletes doing weighted box jumps and then he's got him doing heavy goblet squats with a a dumbbell. And the beauty of that for that young developing athlete is there's never an amount of weight that that kid can get to this position that he won't be able to squat. Mm -hmm. There's a fuse in the system
0: whereas if we load the bar on his back there's a chance. Well, And so like because I appreciate windler in the space because he has that perspective because like here's something that's he doesn't
1: need it to have variation so that you don't get bored get your shit together these are the best exercises to do
0: exactly like it I don't understand like seeing the model that he's been able to implement or like reading about why isn't everybody doing trap bar deadlift like why are are we teaching high schoolers how to hang clean with never teaching them how to deadlift or front squat
1: No, it's very... So, I got lucky enough, and we front squatted a lot. But kids should be goblet squatting. That should be fucking mm -hmm. first move. That's a fucking great exercise, like I said, that that eliminates chance of injury. Absolutely. Need to dump the weight. Really safe way to dump it. Kids don't know how to dump a bar when they squat. Trap bar deadlift. Why not? Why are we... Now, I like the Olympic lifts. Um... Because I learned them pretty easily, I've always liked them part of my training. Mm-hmm. But I was aware very early on that I could accomplish the same things with that on a trap bar doing a jump.
0: Yeah, and by no means am I against ollie lifts. It's it's more so on the coach. It, it's Can't, too technical for the time invested. Especially at the college yeah, level. Yeah, just do high pulls.
1: Exactly. You know, them doing the eccentric catch, there's other ways that we can mimic that in a way that doesn't involve a bunch of technical work. The, if these guys are not performing a total, everything in the gym is GPP. If, if you're not competing to have a max, the whole point of the gym is GPP. Mm-hmm. And like, I always knew for me as an athlete, like, especially as a thrower, like I didn't want to be the strongest dude on the field who's finishing in the, finishing eighth. <laughs> yes. That's fucking lame. <laughs> Fucking lifts like Tarzan, and throws like Jane. That ain't my
0: fucking cup of tea, dude. Yeah, and like that—that's one thing I like of where fitness has gone with the social media space. Is it's—it's it's allowed people to view people, different people's approaches. Because like some other people that stand out for me in the industry is Corey Schlesinger. Mm-hmm. Um, he's talked about with when he was at Stanford with his uh, basketball players. The first thing he does is takes it, take them. Takes them into the wrestling room and teaches them how to fall, and like Windler talks about having his linemen do cartwheels. Yeah, like, dude. Well, I, like if if we're gonna work on box jumps, no one gets hurt jumping. People get
1: hurt landing. Yep. So I need to teach you how to fucking land way before we teach jumps.
0: Well, I mean, if if we look at the injury rates of um, high school females, blown out MCLs, ACLs, that's all from landing. Right. Yeah, we, we don't teach people how to fall. We don't teach people how to land.
1: And, like, I you know, I, it's funny because I, I can look back at my athletic career and I would say that through my time of, like, high school football, like, that stretch, I bet that's the ro- most robust I felt about my machine. Because you're running into people, you are hitting the ground, you're up and off the ground multiple times, you know, every hour with plays and running plays and bending down and touching the ground and then on all fours and there's a different physical fucking development that comes from playing that sport which i think jujitsu could mimic i think there's a ton of things other than the big impact Mm -hmm. um i don't know how you continue that through adulthood like you know having like but but people that are into combat sports or any of that stuff i mean I think about it how long it's been since I've put my hands on another adult and had aggression. You know, uh, you know maybe a jujitsu class or something like that would be the only time you get that, that thing. But, fuck, of course we have no idea what it's like of what an altercation would be. No one has experience with a physical altercation anymore, and so of course we're
0: terrified. Which is why we yell so fucking loud instead of, shut the fuck up. Or an overconfidence in your abilities. I'll bark really
1: loud so you don't call me on this. <laughs>
0: Watch how wide this arm swings. Dude,
1: started taking boxing uh, earlier this year. Just as something to do. Just a different thing to train. They got a bag here. and uh, We'll work with the coach every now and then. Um, I learned very, very quickly how little I would have the ability to defend myself in that arena. Now, boxing and fighting... Not the same. However, I also can't defend myself in the other one either. <laughs> but like, oh man, now I, at least now is an experience thing. Like, am I more capable of defending myself in an altercation now than I was six weeks, you know, was I six months ago from doing very minimal boxing training and most of it by myself hitting a punching back? Yeah, I know how to throw a punch. I know how long the engine lasts. I know that I can't fight for 10 minutes. I know that I can fight for three. It's going to be quick. Right? And then most people who don't, you know, they're way less. Mm-hmm. They have no idea how to dodge a punch. They have no idea what it looks like to be you know, moved by you know, on someone. At least I've stood in front of another person throwing punches at them. You know, that manage the heart rate, get used to dodging and looking and following and where do punches come from. Like just the experience from even six months of bullshit boxing. Would make me better and more proficient at a thing that I should have some less confidence and less anxiety about a thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it brings about a self-awareness of, hey, I don't want to get in fights because I have I no idea <laughs> defend myself. Yeah. I'm a better shooter than but, I am a fighter. Yeah, exactly. We like we need. I say we need more of that in the society, but like, you know, it, it's it's like, tough where I, we're look, at. But, but I do.
1: I, look, there's some truth to the idea of. Like an armed society is a polite society, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't often see a gun store get held up. <laughs> no. So, you know, if we follow that back and everybody has had their ass kicked a few times during jiu-jitsu or everyone's had their ass kicked a few times in their life, you tend to shut the fuck up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You tend to observe a little bit more, be a little bit more polite.
0: Well, and and I think that's where the exposure to sports helps quite a bit of, like, just knowing how to lose. Like, at some point, knowing how to lose and knowing how to win. If, you know, that losing's, losing's key. You learn way more from losing oh, than God. you ever do from winning. Because no. winning, what, do no. the same thing? Do that again? Okay.
1: No, man, losing, losing and failure, those are way better teachers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And. So, I mean, that's one of the ways that now, you know, leaning kind of all my obsession away from training as much and putting it into business or the podcast or anything else, and now working with my team, Brant and Andy and Harry, and these, these guys now that are, that are involved. And, you know, I just, I just want to lean into them. And the thing that I tell them is, is y'all never freak out about a decision. The decision just provides us data and feedback, and then that tells us which direction to go. Did this drop work? Did this not work? Did we promote it well? What if we move to this day for emails? Or any of these number of things that we have to think about as a strategy. But we're not gonna sit around and wonder to make the first move. Let's Mm -hmm. make fucking decisions and make decisions fast and be okay with failing. Instead of like, well, we got eight months on this thing and it has to fucking work. Like, no, let's fucking fuck up a bunch of times on the way there and then let the data tell us
0: what's going to be right. Yeah, let's do small fuck ups. And yeah, always. And with that like having the ability to fail whether it's in sports, whether it's in business, like it doesn't have to be the sacrifice of your ego. Like let it go and m- move forward. Yeah, the ego, the ego one's really interesting because
1: uh I think there's two sides of it. Um you know with With psychedelics and and that type of self-work and any of that, you know, a lot of it tends to be this kind of goal of getting rid of the ego. And I don't know personally that I find that to be the goal. Um, I like my ego. My ego wants to win. My ego wants to build. My ego wants to create cool shit and have these life experiences. And then my ego wants to be valuable to my friends. My ego wants to be considered important in my groups and helpful. That's all ego. Your ego holds you to a standard. 100%. The accountability and responsibility and knowing that like I'm not a fucking liar. And so I have to appease that ego Mm -hmm. too because if I'm shitty then I have to admit I'm shitty. Now the other side of the ego that is insecurity and scarcity and the over competitive side that sees someone else doing well and you think, well that must be nice. Must be fucking nice. That as if they didn't as if it just got handed to him. Um, like, all that, that doesn't serve you at all. That's all shit. Mm-hmm. That can all go. Like, your best bet, if you see someone and you look at it and you're like, that must be nice, your best bet is to shut the fuck up and
0: watch and just realize how much effort it takes to get to there. And I think a lot of that comes down to, like, you've talked about it before, but at the end of the day, like, everything's on you. It's all your fault, but... So many, so many people want an out. Because it's easy. It's hard to like look yourself in the mirror and be like, I fucked up. You know, I can always trace it back. Mm-hmm. I can
1: always trace it back, right? To even even if something really fucking lame happened, right? And my building flooded. You know, I rented the building.
0: Uh, yep, I should have checked no on one, the lines before.
1: No one forced you into this building. It wasn't assigned to you. And for me, as long as I can trace that back to a me, there's something for me to learn.
0: Like, okay, next time, you don't do that
1: with buildings. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it, it's still gonna suck, but but yeah, being able to trace that back, being able to accept that, and be like,
1: well, it wasn't someone trying to fucking get me.
0: I'm not a victim. Yeah. God is not against you. No, He doesn't care. Higher power, whoever, yeah. like whoever it is, but like the only know, thing I'm certain of is they're yeah, not concerned. The the universe is not out to get you. No, it's, nor is it
1: there to help me. Yeah. It's a—it's of a no obligation to make me have a fucking smooth ride at this. That's not the point. The point is that you have the opportunity to make the ride whatever you want. Like, that's the thing. It's just not handed to you. Like, everyone wants that ability to do whatever they want to every day. No one really is interested to pay that price.
0: So, like, with that conversation, because it it's something that you might think differently but like from my perspective you've navigated well and like you have you've been open to a lot of experiences you've created this exposure for yourself to give you those perspectives but how like how do you tell somebody that or like how do you try to get somebody to that point sooner than what it took you like looking at like hey i've set a standard I want to bring people up to that standard and surpass it, but how do like how can you navigate that? Because hmm. it's
1: you know, it's tricky and and for me, like what I think about with that is navigating the water pretty smoothly, like that you know, being able to go from one thing to the next or, or change kinda as whims go and, and not only that, like I can be honest about drugs, I can be honest about fucking everything that I'm like I'm doing. I know that it's a weird position. And somehow still the strength conditioning world I can talk in. Um, you know, I never bit into trying to make content to get likes. And that was important to me. With you know, with that said, I always throw this fucking caveat. Because, like, I look at guys like Juju or Bradley Martin, and these guys are freak athletes. And they do incredible stuff. But they're trapped. Mm-hmm. The thing that pays your bills ain't what you want to do every day. And, and it's clear. Now, with that said, like, I never wanted to be in that trap. So if I'm trying to build the thing, I always wanted it to be sustainable and enough freedom to go left or right on what I felt like fucking doing. There was a big panic when I realized I couldn't compete anymore. Because, dude, how does the brand stay relevant? How does. What do I have to write about? What am I traveling and filming? What am I doing? If I'm not doing that thing and then i realized what i've always sold was people were bought into me and not the thing i was doing the things i can do always can shift and be a new interesting chase but if i'm gonna only be the highland games guy then i need to fucking make highland games content and i didn't want to do that the same way that like You know, a video that would have done well at one time would have been doing a 10,000 calorie challenge or Mm -hmm. me doing a video explaining my tattoos or any of these things that have more of an opportunity of viral content. Yeah, I've never done them. Because, fuck you. It's my content.
0: Yeah, you have no obligation to anybody. But I also don't get both.
1: I can't want that fucking giant audience to come on board and love my thing if I'm not going to bait that audience in right but the audience that wants that content maybe i don't fucking want you as a customer
0: yeah and that that's completely okay like whatever route you go like but it's it's your choice recognizing that like hey both exactly don't get both and you don't get two million really rad niche unique followers like you have to hit the bell curve too much exactly and and i think something with you that i've noticed is like it's your passion and people are along for the journey of that passion like that's that's what you've sold them on yourself and you doing stuff that you're interested in that's yeah man and i mean that's really what i mean when i say
1: like my goal is i want to do whatever i want to every day I love getting to do the podcast. I love getting to hold these conversations and travel. Uh, Hate brand. I I love it. I love the constant problem solving that owning that business is. Especially now, the more we've grown to the point that I have help to do bullshit. That, you know, that I have a guy who takes care of the email list. I have a guy that can proofread my atrocious grammar. I have. (laughs) uh you know this team behind me that allows me to just focus on the thing that needs Matt's attention that that I can't outsource mm-hmm. you know i don't need to be packing bags it's fucking terrible use to my time and so we built the business accordingly from jump that if this is going to work it's a quantity game so i need to be able to push the media and that's i, I still love making
0: all of it and and i think that's a huge part in a team setting is setting people up for success. Like don't waste your time on, again, it's not always an option, completely understand that. But like, but like don't waste your time on giving people bullshit that they hate and they're not good at. Like, what are you good at? What are you gonna be great at? And like, how's that balance off of me? Go do that. Yeah, Like yeah. you do that, that's gonna benefit us. Let me do what I'm good at. You don't have to be great at everything. Right. Well, there's a point where it's not beneficial for me
1: to edit videos
0: anymore. Yeah. It. It's. And this, then I can find someone who's better at editing videos than I was because I have twelve other things to do. Yeah. And and you have a. I think you have a greater appreciation because you went through the process that. Yeah. It. It's not just automatically I'm going to buy this out. It's. Well, I I know how to do everyone's job. And there's value to that. To an that. extent. I.
1: If it all burned down tomorrow, I could fucking get a release out of the door. It'd be a hodgepodge of shit, but it would fucking get done. I still can make take some photos. I can still edit a few. I can still get something done mm-hmm. while I found new people.
0: Yeah, and there's value to having that experience because you appreciate what your team's doing because you understand. I know how good they are at it. Yes,
1: it's also not magic because, like, I know other companies that I've seen hire tech people or 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 video people or any of that and just think it's they think the editing side of it is the magic part of like well you filmed that could i expect to see something tomorrow like no motherfucker like we shot for 30 minutes i now have five days of editing to do to make this look right like at least i know i don't have weird expectations on what the requirements of that job are yes and so that's nice that I'm not like, well, just edit it tomorrow. Why is it this ready yet?
0: Like, I'm not a fucking lunatic. Exactly, and and yeah, ha- having that you know time ratio and appreciation of like this is going to take time. Your expectation isn't we shop for thirty minutes; it should take thirty minutes, right? No, be like, um, maybe two weeks to a month. We'll get Dude, some I did, stuff. I did a
1: daily upload for almost two years. Like while I had another job. I shot it all on my own. Like There was a period of time where I was filming workouts in my garage, like shooting two cameras and syncing them up so that I could cut back and forth to have different-looking footage. Oh, God. I was loving it, though, Yeah. because I enjoyed the filmmaking side. I liked figuring out the camera part. The obsession there turned on, too, and I liked the gear, and I loved how learning that, like, holy shit, lenses do make that big of a difference. And, like, learning all of it. Now, it's all rudimentary. I got a bunch of newbie gains for cameras and video editing. And that's that's kind of the the gig now is like I'm just interested to take all the newbie gains from as many different skills as I
0: can. And props to you man, I hate technology. Like the I don't like, like it either. Like the the whole point that this got started because I realized like I have I've been going on other people's podcasts and like mm-hmm. that's been great and one of the whole points was cuz I don't want to fuck with it. I don't yep. want to mess with the technology. I don't want to worry about recording and uploading. Everything we had earlier, I want none of that. I've now found myself into doing podcasts because I realized by not having one, it limits my opportunity to just be like, hey, want to do a podcast? I'll come to you. No, for sure. It for
1: sure does. I I, I love having, I wish I had started two years earlier, but I put it off. I put it off as, like, I think I'm a good guest. I don't know how a host would be. And I loved being a guest on it. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah, I loved it, but this has been fun. And then, like doing it for you know two years, traveling it the whole time, and never having a studio set up or never doing it via Zoom. Um, you know, I've traveled with a super minimal kit. I've traveled with a slightly more complex kit, um, and now I mean we travel with a more complex kit and cameras and everything else because we do the video side of it as well. And Building out the studio to have a place to do this has been fucking rad. Like would, this has been way. I wish anyone of my friends who has a studio would have been like, "Hey, it's really, really fun to have a really cool studio. You like being in?" No one ever said that. <laughs> that it was really fun because that could have been sold on this a lot earlier. Been like, "You won't understand how much fun it is." I'm like, "Fun? You say
0: I'm now? You, now, you now, have now you're my, my language." <laughs> But yeah, and the like. By the way, the the video just adds so much depth to it now. Because I'll I'll go on if if I'm able to like if I'm working and can throw a video on the side. Like there's there's just so much depth in the interaction that you have. That like audio is great, but whenever you have it in comparison to it's the different. video, yeah, it's like oh like which is why
1: like I know how good it is in person to do them. That I hate the fucking Zoom thing. It's gotta be really rare and it has to be like well i have to i mean look if i got an email and like jordan peterson wants to be on my podcast and has the option to zoom in i'll zoom in it'll be fine I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> yeah. you know if seth rogan wants to be on the show i fucking love that guy by the way i think i've decided he's essentially my new role model that's goals. so he's fucking great during covid he started a ceramics company like making weed accessories and like ashtrays and lighters and all this stuff and it's blown up because he's a bajillionaire and has a shit ton of eyes and so for that company to do well, like it's no percentage of his followers have to buy in. Yeah. Because if he has ten million followers, he probably needs like three thousand orders a year is a big business. So that's no one. Right? That's like so he meets awesome. so many people that of course this works. But he's doing a thing he digs. And like, I've seen interviews and shit with him recently, and I love that he's just flat out like, man, yeah, I smoke pot all day. Every single day. It's great. And then people are like, well, where do you find time between movies and writing and directing and producing? And then you're doing the ceramics thing. And he's like, well, we don't have kids. It's incredible how much time that frees up as an adult. That uh, if we want to lay around on Saturday morning naked and smoke a joint in bed, there's no reason I can't. Or. <laughs> On a Tuesday.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he enjoys all of those things. Yeah, like,
1: I'm sure he loves the work too, right? Because he's getting he's not doing shit out of obligation anymore in his life. He didn't have to fucking work. Like, man, that that's a big mind shift for me, right? Is that do I have to do shit? Um And as I've come to figure out of like if I wanted to retire, if I wanted to just like fuck this I'm done. Like, this afternoon. And start dismantling the whole thing. <laughs> could I physically... Could I pull that off and fuck off? So, I found out that I could buy, like, a four-bedroom villa in Bali for, like, under 400 And then, the price of living in Bali is nothing. So, like, $100,000 buys you the living of... Uh... Like... A driver, a house cleaner, someone that does your laundry every day, a cook, and a masseuse every day. Like a hundred thousand bucks buys you ten years of that.
0: I'm saying it's that.
1: Right. So, like, so let's throw my living expenses now. After I've bought this place, cost me. Let's call it fifteen grand a year because I feel like balling. Right. Yeah, I could liquidate everything right now and fuck off to Bali, and never work again for the next. 30 or 40 years of my life. Which means, if I'm here, it's because I want to be. Because if I don't want to work, that door is fucking wide open. You've already found it. You've chose not to walk (laughs) through it now. Is there a hassle? Fuck yeah, there is. But for what? A month? That's one month of kind of real hassle. And then I'm in Bali, and I don't have to do shit ever again.
0: (laughs) And in, in that, there's an acceptance of Okay, I, lose some I can of also these pivot things. that and still make a living
1: because of the You're travel not, story <laughs> is
0: fucking weird enough that I could still
1: not, have a thing to talk about not closing that door completely well, look, if there's money to be fucking made for doing things I like like a podcast I could still do but even if I wanted to do nothing like it's not expensive and so for me it's knowing I don't have to and then if we're doing it then let's fucking do it if we're going to bother doing it and because we don't have obligations it means it's a choice
0: and if we're going to choose to do it let's be all in mm-hmm. and do it like a fucking lunatic Dude, i think something cool that you guys have started tapping into is the group vacations like that's i know something with like Prescript. that's we we're going to start doing uh in-person intensive so we have one in tampa um a lower body one in tampa in august in the next weekend we have an upper body in alexandria virginia but a whole the big selling point of that like information is going to be great like jordan uh shallow and genta leading that like tons of information absolutely but it's the community aspect that comes along with that it's you're showing up absolutely to get great information and go through this but it's the conversations in between that it's like, the connections afterwards of... Hey, but like, that's all
1: the Highland Games was. That's that's what the fucking... The secret of the sport was. Like, we got paid to travel and we got paid to compete, but that was the price to get there. The getting to hang out with my buddies and fucking cruise around Scotland for four weeks and fucking have shitty beers in a backyard or float in a river because we're so busted to bits or this two weeks on the Grand Canyon I have got to do or this week-long motorcycle trip, like all of that's the gold
0: mm-hmm.
1: the rest of it just gets me to that like that's how I've always looked at it and dude the group vacations that we've been doing that, that was something like I started noticing so I, I, I guess like I've gotten to travel a lot throughout the years from different things and so I've kind of always had these little pockets of places I get to hang out um whether it was you know summer strong and sorenx and that community that's around that i'm very involved in but then i've got rob and dana as friends and so we have that community too that is their ecostructure and their kind of whole thing and like when we're there we're not being entertained like we're operating and running our business i'm just doing it from a different room in your house (laughs) yeah you're all adults you all have shit to do yeah like we pick up our fucking dishes we'll see you guys this evening we're just going to be downstairs right like you know i don't need you guys have a fucking job i know it i'm not asking you what's the plans for today like nah i can fucking take care of myself not here to impede on your life like i just want to be around yep and same with Kelly Starrett or Mark Bell or any of these other people that I've... Aubrey and those guys the same way in Austin. And man, for me, staying with Aubrey for, you know, and friends like that and being around that group for a couple days and Kyle Kingsbury and all of the Austin people is a very different hangout than, say, going to stay with Windler. I'm sure. <laughs> I like both. But I like both perspectives. I know that if I stay in Austin too long, like things the, the edges get a little smooth for me. Like the little bit of motherfucker that I like having in me kind of fades too far, yeah. and so like I need to go hang out with Jim for a little bit and be mad at a movie <laughs> for, <laughs> for no reason, right? Like yell about Twilight. Uh, I, I like having those different groups, and then the more that I got to be around people like Dana and uh you know Bonnie and these other these other females really is what what changed it was i i they didn't have any peers
0: mhm
1: like that and and i get it like Dana's got a weird thing to translate to people like of course you don't get along with most other women like most women have a problem anyway and then you take women, women that are full-on alpha personality, actual fucking lunatics, savages, high-performers entrepreneurs. Of course, they don't get along with anyone. No one has a frame of reference, you know? And so being able to have Bonnie friends with Dana and Steffi friends with Dana and vice versa, and have Barton and Geo and kind of help this community, like they have fucking peers. Their life is real fucking weird, man. Mm -hmm. And they're looked at way differently than I'm looked at. Like, I know that I get some freedoms that they don't get. Also, it'll be tougher for me to hit a million people who give a shit about my thing. But I'm also never trolled. Like, there's a fucking payoff, right? Like, the shit that they deal with fucking sucks, dude. Yeah, I, like, it's not that hard not to be a shitty person but we're so fucking drawn to it because it makes so much more noise to us than the person saying great work which is why I've changed up a few things like I will never comment back to someone who said a, a shitty thing I'll just fucking leave it not worth your time and energy I don't fucking care and then two like I if anyone I will comment back on every other post or comment or anything where people are stoked I've even started doing a thing on my story that I really like and it's like, yo, let me be stoked for you. What do you have going on that I can fucking be stoked for you for? Because you're just enough bullshit. Like, what do you have going on that's good,
0: man? What's the progress in your life that I can be stoked for you? And I think that in itself, being excited, being stoked for people, like, it allows your battery to recharge. Like, if you're always so focused on negative aspects of it, like, it's draining. <laughs> and and if you if you're not able to recognize that you don't have the ability to recharge it so looking at hey this sucks it drains my battery why would i want to put time and energy into that instead like i know this is a great thing i'm just gonna put all my effort in here that's something i noted noticed with these podcasts and these conversations i come out of them and like i have ideas i'm excited and like Happy, recharged. Well, I know. Why wouldn't I want to do more I of that? Know. That's how I feel about it. Fuck, I, I do this for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is not that's out that's of obligation. <laughs> obligation.
1: <laughs> Fuck no. Uh, but that's but that's why the conversations are good. I'm never asking questions that I think. Well, what would they like to know? I'm asking things I'm curious about, and I'm just stoked and excited and fucking cut people off and talk the way I talk. Those are the um, best conversations. And so and I just dude, I just I, I dig it, right? And like for me getting to be around these other people and you know help help other brands like one of the things we've been really lucky to do with with phil and i have now partnered up and since we we have now we own the screen printer and stuff like that and i've started a side brand called merch masters and so we're doing apparel for all these other companies so we can handle like your printing and your fulfillment and your customer service, and all the mechanical pain in the ass that is running an apparel business. Mm-hmm. But if you have the creative side and the concepts and the ability to think of new designs and ideas, I can help you make a living doing this. You just have to figure out marketing and the creative part, which is the fucking magic of it. That's the part that people
0: right. enjoy. Like Nobody's yeah. getting stoked about, like, ah, oh, I get a print. on <laughs> 200 shirts, and then... Get a match up. Can't the Excel wait to board. folding
1: <laughs> these into poly bags. No, but but that is the part that gets the hang up. I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck. How do we feel that? You know, especially if you want to start on your own. You know, you think like, well, I don't have time to have bags and ship them
0: out of my living room, and then well, you know, we'll just do all that for you. Exactly. You're <laughs> you're offering a solution where like, if you if you have this dream, if this is the direction you want to go, I can support you. Like. And and we can do it cheaper, right? Because
1: we're in Topeka, we can do it cheaper than any of the big other, the big houses that do the fulfillment shit, and we don't have
0: to run the crazy minimums. It's more and more, the older I get, I have a greater appreciation for the Midwest because, like, it offers things like that. It offers like concept of the ability to own land and do whatever the fuck you want. This building, right? Try doing this in California. Of course, this is twelve hundred dollars is what the rent on this place
1: costs. It's fucking it's essentially free. For for the size of businesses I'm running. This doesn't cost anything. Yeah. And so having this space is such a valuable tool. And at least now in somewhere that it doesn't cost me much overhead, and my house doesn't cost me much overhead and they're close together, like this is proof of concept that having a location is beneficial to the business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So now I know that when we move or we go to Vegas, having a space is part of the gig, and I need to go ahead and factor that fucking price into us moving. But at least I can test the water here
0: to see is it worth doing. Yeah. You know, what would I do differently? What would I? You're not gonna get fucked on any of this. Like minimum. It would mobile? be pretty tough. It's pretty <laughs> low <laughs> You'd exposure. You uh, I'd have to burn the fucking building down. Which You'd I guess I could always have do. Have to cancel your fire insurance mm-hmm. and then burn it down. Right. And I mean, look, is it a weird
1: investment? It is. The guy who owns a building's confused. Because it's a building that's worth maybe forty grand that I put a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment and <laughs> construction in. Like and he doesn't understand that I don't have customers that are coming or like So you just talk to people? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't understand how anything I do has money following it which is fine I don't have to explain I barely get it I'm glad it works it's working that's what matters <laughs> but that's like that's part of being around all these other people too like whether that's you know, fucking Andy Frisella or Kelly Storette or you know Steffi and Hayden with Hybrid and, and Barton Gio Geo or, or uh, Rob and Dana with Flagler Fell, like they're all different or you know what Brooke does with with enswear and all these things—they're all different. But what all my friends have continued to show me is that anything's possible. And so me selling myself short on any of that is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Why not go for it? Like there's not a there's not a physical barrier rule in place that says this can't be what I want it to be. That means that there's some timeline out there where it fucking works. And if you can think it and picture it, it exists somewhere. Yeah, why can't you be that timeline? Right. You know, if if both those timelines exist where I'm a fucking loser piece of shit and the one that I'm the most successful, most happy, I'm going to try to do that one. Okay. And yeah, I'll avoid the decisions that I think send me that way. Like, um, Matt, do you think eating 20 Percocet a day would be beneficial or less beneficial? It's slightly less to what my goals are, so I'll avoid that. Again, like... There isn't anything that gets me this way that a motorcycle crash helps. Yes. It's a real fuck-up of my summer. Like, I have a three-week road trip planned. I have a trip to Iceland planned. I have a trip to Africa planned. I have a trip to Bali planned in October. Like, I can't afford that fuck-up. So don't ride like an asshole. Exactly. It doesn't make motorcycles undangerous. If I was going to get hit by a car or something out of my fucking hands, so be it. The universe has decided this is where I need to be.
0: Yeah, but and it doesn't limit you taking advantage of those opportunities and having those adventures. It's just, hey, I don't have to push the border of it. (laughs) Hey, I know this is is a good place to be. I'll stay Stay, right here. Stay right in my wheelhouse,
1: dude. I spent that whole trip in the back of the group of four, chilling. I've ridden a motorcycle before. I've gone real fast. This ain't the bike for it. (laughs) Good on. I'm I I still that bike point. does 120 though. Like it's not like I'm not gonna find out. I did. <laughs> There's a good place to test it and place to not test yeah. it. And so, do I see curves?
0: Probably not right. the best place. But I
1: mean, like there was a stretch that, you know, I set cruise control on the bike at 80 and took my hands off the bars, and I didn't have to touch the handlebars for 15 or 30 minutes or something like that. Like any turns would be these big banking things, mm-hmm. and I mean you just simply tilt your head to one side or the other, and the bike goes. And, like, that level of connection and that kind of flow state of, like, riding an engine down the road at four feet off the ground is fucking cool. Like, it just flies. Like, you're in a fucking rocket helmet. And, like, you feel all this wind, like, the sensory overload of being on a motorcycle is way high. And so everything is operating and thinking and paying attention and moving with this machine because it moves with you um so it becomes this really meditative flow state thing and i hadn't figured that out with motorcycles before and now that i see that that exists i'm interested again there's something there's something that i will have a bike in my life again i'm
0: sure of it well and like it's it's so interesting that you mention a flow state because it's you know it's a situation that incurs a higher sympathetic state where you have to be aware you have yes. to be on but finding that balance of like yeah well, but it, you're not high it,
1: key on like I'm trying to push my riding limit.
0: Yes, it it doesn't create anxiety where you're it's heightened senses but finding that that chill level where you're just like yep, I can flow. Yeah, no, it was it was
1: really good and really meditative. Like I would give that motorcycle trip as big a meditative day as all but a few of like the really heavy psychedelic experiences I've had. Yeah, like it was like I cried for thirty minutes one day riding, and like just had yeah, ten fucking hours. It's ten hours with ninety decibels of wind playing in your ears the whole day. Like you can't talk to anyone. You're just there, just there by yourself in we'll your fucking head. Get through some shit. I don't know how people don't. I mean, he just stared at the fucking outside and listened to Mac Miller and never thought about a thing the whole time. Like fucking well done. I wish I could. Pull I can't that off. turn
0: my brain off like that.
1: No, that's why I smoke a shit ton of weed. It's the only thing that like at least gives it a little bit more focus. It's been a super valuable tool. Also, the better I've gotten at smoking weed, the better it gets. Like. You know, early on with smoking, just like anything else, it was great for going to sleep because I could on-off switch mm-hmm. because I don't have any tolerance. And so, like, big rip off a joint or two and, like, sleep. Perfect. But now that I smoke a lot, I like, there there is a flow state of it. That, that works really well. I don't know like what amount I would say, but there's definitely a combination of caffeine and THC that is a real sweet thing. Mm-hmm. That I'm not distracted, but I'm also not locked in like a lunatic.
0: And you're use like you're using it as a tool, and very aware of that tool and how to apply it. It's yeah. Also,
1: I like getting super fucking stoned. So, I'm not going to be that guy that's like, yo, this is a performance enhancer. I don't use it for recreational. I fucking use it for recreational. Because there's a time and
0: place for God it. God damn it. Yeah. It doesn't mean I like, can't it do both. It's a tool when I need it to be. Yeah. And whenever I just want to enjoy it, can enjoy it. Like, I, it's the same thing with me. Like, I enjoy whiskey, I enjoy mm-hmm. the taste of whiskey. It, like, it breaks down some of those mental barriers where that little voice in my head isn't like, hey, stop. Like, let's, like, Let's look over this or let's govern it. There's a lot more free thought, a lot more openness to it. But I'm very aware, like, if I drink this whole bottle, shit's going to go south. It's a bad move. Dude, the more and more I've dabbled in drugs,
1: I'm just fucking amazed that alcohol is the one that we've backed as a culture. It fucking blows me away that that's the one that we're like, this is the chemical reaction we'd like in people. Like, the sloppiness that comes from drunks and the sloppiness that comes from just too many, like, not even a shit ton of drinks. But, you know, like, when you're... Oh, man, I can think of, like, previous partners I had in my life, like, girls I've dated that drank more than I cared for. And, like, like two drinks in, they're different, and I don't fucking like who they are anymore. Mm -hmm. I've never run into that with any of the other chemicals. Like, I don't feel that way with mushrooms. I never feel that way with weed. Especially not the people I'm around. They don't ever become... Ugh. You know? uh No one gets high and gets sloppy. Like, that unique thing, that sloppiness of, like, saying shitty stuff to people and being an asshole and, like... That's only booze. And, well, that and fucking shitty people. But, like, that, that's a common reaction from the drug. Mm-hmm. People say fucking dumb things they'd like to take back the next day or do dumb shit they're not terribly aware that they did. I've never had any of that experience on any of the other things. I mean, also, I haven't dabbled a ton in heroin or cocaine, but cocaine's an amphetamine. Like, the me- like the method of getting it into your system is snorting it, and so it hits really hard, really fast, and fades away. I mean, it's not terribly different chemically than Adderall.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's just an oral version of it, so it goes through the liver, and it takes a longer time to process, and that's why it runs longer. If you smash a fucking Adderall up and snort it, it- it's cocaine. It's the same drug. It treats the body. If you want to smoke it, it comes crack or you're freebasing it, right? And that gives a different high too. In the same way that eating THC is a very different high than smoking it, you know, which is different than the vape version of it, which like, of course they have different ways of doing it. And so alcohol's got one way to get in. And man, I just don't see a ton of benefit from it anymore. Yeah. I mean, I love, like, don't get me wrong, I like having a glass of whiskey or, you know, right time and place, right beverage. Um, but it's got to be a pretty
0: fucking solid experience for me to make that move now. And I'm good on one. Yeah. I'd also say, like, both of us are, have probably gotten past the point where, like, we want to be super drunk. Yeah, you know, I have it's, no it's interest. It's not fun. Like, I want to have a drink or two. I want to enjoy it. You know, I don't. I don't like the parts of my personality that show up when I'm shit-faced.
1: I don't like my perspective on a lot of stuff i have a better tendency like i'm already fucking loud and obnoxious as a human being anyway i don't need help for that side of the personality (laughs) like if i drink a lot all of this won't fucking work because people will think i'm a turd whereas at least if i get high i'm like question things a little bit more and like (laughs) maybe be a hair more like me (laughs) shutting the fuck up every now and then is a better plan For sure.
0: Where are we at? Uh, We're about uh, hour 18 in. Um, Probably call it there. Let you get back to it. Yeah, that works good, man. All right. Dude, I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate it, too. Thank you very much for letting me come out. Yeah, dude. Thank you for coming. It's been a great experience. Um, Thanks for being
1: on the road and doing it in person.